This is the Improved Photography Podcast, episode number 186. This is our drone-isode. This episode is brought to you by Brent Rents Lenses. Brent uh, has a website at brentrentslenses.com, and he's always happy to provide the advice when you need it, if you need some help knowing what lens to, to rent and stuff. Right now, they have great Canon and Fuji gear right now. Um, you can use offer code IMPROVE at checkout to get 15% off your first rental. And by Squarespace, whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Start your free trial today at Squarespace and enter offer code IMPROVE to get 10% off your first purchase. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast. Today I'm I'm talking with Nick Page about drones. Uh, This is a combined episode of Improved Photography and Tripod. Um, we wanted to combine this one for a couple reasons. One, we always have a lot of new listeners to Improve Photography and Tripod, and we want to let you know that both shows are out there. Improve Photography is our roundtable podcast. Uh, we usually have three or four of us on here uh, just talking about lots of general photography information and news and listener questions and all that. Tripod is exclusively landscape and nature photography. Um, so if you're only subscribed to one or the other show, be sure to check it out as well as our other shows. Jeff Harmon does an awesome job with photo taco mm-hmm. and portrait session. Um, we have a lot of great content out there. So open up your podcatcher and be sure to check out all our shows. All right. A drone. Well, Nick, tell us what uh, precipitated this episode. Why we're talking about this today. So I guess I'm about on about week four of being a proud drone owner. I got the DJI Phantom 4. This is my first ever drone, had no idea how to fly it before I got it, and I've been out flying it all over the place, getting video and stills, complete with sweaty palms, because it's it's a little bit nerve-wracking the first time you fly, you know, that much money way up into the sky and watch it fly away. It's, it's a little oh, bit look, scary. Oh, look, $1,000 is in the sky hurtling <laughs> toward that tree. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, um, it's, it's exciting for that reason. Uh, but I found drone photography to be so inspiring, I guess. It really, like, uh, it gets you in a really creative place because you're seeing a perspective that you just have never seen before. And I I don't know if that's going to wear off, if I'm going to, if this is like a phase that I'm going to go through. But I, it's so much fun. And uh, it's almost as much fun to just to fly it as it is to actually get photos and video with it. But I've really been enjoying uh being a drone flyer it's so much fun yeah so i i bought the original um dji phantom when it was very first announced the very first one a few years ago and i bought too early uh, i bought the the phantom too early there were a lot of problems with it with the the firmware there wasn't an integrated camera at the time oh, wow. and so you'd have to you'd have to get a you know a gopro or something and like try to jury rig it try to make it not have crazy vibration when you were videoing and stuff and it was it was just too early uh but i was i was on board with it and anxious to grow with drones as they uh as they improved the problem has always been 
in the United States, the legality of it, which we'll talk Mm -hmm. about in a little bit. But that's changing this fall in a big way. Um, And so I think drones are about to explode uh, at a level far, far larger than what we've already seen. Right. Absolutely. And it's kind of understandable that they would want to keep a leash on the drone community because there there are so many of them already out there that if there was no kind of guidelines as to what you can and can't do and like some kind of limitations on who can who can fly them and who can't. it would just be crazy. It would be a chaos because there are a lot of drone flyers just on like uh, on the 4th of July, I went to a big fireworks display and there was like, uh, you know, it was a good size fireworks display in Spokane, Washington. And there was like five drones flying around through the fireworks and just, and ruining every photographer's photos. Cause you get these green and red streaks going through your photo. Um, there's so many drone flyers out there that if, if there weren't some kind of guidelines, you know that there'd be people out there ruining it for everybody else. So the the, the guidelines are there for a reason. It kind of sucks that you have to jump through the hoops, um, but it, the hoops aren't terrible until you're going to start making money with them. And then the hoops get a little bit smaller and then they're like lit on fire and you have to, like <laughs> you know, jump through the flaming hoop. But I think it's totally worth it. If you enjoy doing video uh, the video on the DJI 4, the Phantom 4, is so smooth. The gimbal on that thing is excellent. It's it's really impressive to me uh, just how smooth the footage is um, when I'm flying it. It's amazing how smooth it is, I think. Yeah, it's awesome. At the And I bought the DJI Phantom 3 um, just right before the 4 was announced and mm. early enough that I could still return it in my 30 days because they announced <laughs> the 4 uh, right after I bought the 3 and I was like, no way. I don't. <laughs> so uh, so I returned the 3, but the main reason was, uh, it was well, we got to jump into the laws. I guess we have to talk about it. Um, you can't escape it right now. So the laws yeah. are different all over the world. Some countries are very open to it. Other places, you're just basically grounded. You're not going to be flying. Um, in the United States, you can fly them recreationally with some common sense limitations um you know you can't fly a drone over 40 pounds without a different license you certainly can't fly it over the white house um you know you can't fly within a certain range of an airport some pretty common sense things that you should be doing anyway Mm -hmm. can't fly over 400 feet um anyway uh but the problem is when you're using it commercially um the faa in their I we can't even jokingly call it wisdom decided <laughs> that it's far more dangerous for somebody to fly it commercially than than for uh, just a consumer, which makes no sense. A commercial company would be much more safe flying a drone. Um, but the the Hollywood um, Hollywood got to got to enough senators, I guess, to convince them that uh, that their helicopter pilots should uh, should uh, be paid more and drones shouldn't take over their jobs anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you've had to do is get a Section 333 exemption from the FAA. Um, and so you apply for it. You write them a letter, you jump through a bunch of hoops. And then in theory, um, 120 days later, uh, they will give you your FAA exemption and you can use it commercially. Now, commercial means selling a print. It means selling the footage, uh, even to advertise your photography services, any commercial use at all. Anything that makes it commercial is not okay. 
Mm. Um, and and they have sent out some nasty grams uh, to uh, to people trying to shut them down who have uh, tried to gone around to get around this. Uh, so I got one in anticipation of getting my Section 333 exemption that I'd sent three months earlier. Um, I got my letter back from the FAA after the 120 day mark, and they said uh, that your request for an exemption has been uh, denied because you didn't include this or that, you know, two or three things. And I looked at my paperwork and it was like, obviously, clearly no question it was there. It said you didn't state a public use for uh, for the for your exemption. And I have a sentence that starts the public use for the for granting this exemption is <laughs> like it's there. I think what's happened is. They got so inundated with requests that they've just decided to pretty much cancel everything. And if you look on their website, they are not granting them at the pace they were. And because this fall, they're changing it um, and you have to like take a little test and and basically you'll be able to use it um, is the, the legislation that looks like it's coming down the pike. So in very short order, it looks like we will be able to use these for commercial use with some, some uh, restrictions that actually seem pretty common sense to me that probably should be there. One of them is no flying over people, which should definitely absolutely positively be a law as far as i'm concerned uh, mm-hmm. they're extremely dangerous uh when because when a drone flies you're spinning at whatever 2000 rpm um and a, a three pound weight hitting somebody on the head spinning at 2000 rpm yeah. uh extremely dangerous <laughs> so i i'm actually excited about the laws um i i think that we have some good things coming and suddenly this is going to be uh, a thing so we want to talk about uh how to get into it from mm-hmm. the ground up kind of what drone drone to buy what makes a good photo um and how to get the most out of, out of your drone yeah so so far i've been really happy with the dji phantom 4 um, I feel like the video quality is superb. It's excellent. Um, in a lot of ways, it's better than my GoPro for video. Um, it'll do full 120 frames per second at 1080p full HD. And uh, the when you film at that frame rate and then you slow it down to 24 frames per second, it's like it's cool. the ultra slow-mo dramatic stuff. And you combine that with a slow gimbal move, uh, the smooth gimbal and some kind of move is just so cinematic. It's painfully cinematic. It's glorious for that. Um, the other features that it has is it has a, a track me feature where you can uh, hover, you can select a, a person or a vehicle on your screen say okay track that and then you can take off driving or take off walking and your drone will follow you and in a recent video i did i was driving out through the desert and i just had it following me through the desert like and getting this really cinematic cool looking uh shot it's really fun for video um so video quality is good I agree. I like the video quality. I the video quality is is pretty good. Yes. It's not great with dynamic range. Right. Uh but 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 the actual video it looks nice and sharp and clear. It's maybe a little more over processed. Um, yeah, it's a little uh, over sharpened if like. anything. Yeah, over sharpened. Yeah. Yep. But the image quality, the still image quality is what convinced me that I wasn't wasn't ready to commit to the phantom so i had the phantom 3 and it has the same camera on the phantom 4 um and it has a tremendous dynamic range problem 
you know, just trying to shoot just a sunset is hard. Uh, it's just not going to look quite right, especially if you're used to uh, to a DSLR mm-hmm. kind of kind of quality. But I found that it wasn't even as good as my cell phone. Uh, a cell phone would would take a better still image than uh, than the Phantom would, and I I like the still image more than anything else. And so I, I just couldn't quite do it. I bought it for real estate photography and it just ah, it just wasn't quite good enough, uh, I think. I had better results by just sticking my normal camera on a painter's pole to get that high perspective when shooting real estate. Um, and then it's legal too. Um, right. So for me, the image quality wasn't good enough, um, but, but there are some ways to get around it as well. Right. So we're definitely spoiled by the image quality of our DSLRs. So the first time you open one of these up in Lightroom or something, you're going to look at the shadows and be like, no, that's really noisy. <laughs> like that's, that's not what I'm used to. And it wasn't even very dark out and it's still noisy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the things that you can do to help that is you can, can t- take control over your settings. So you can shoot in a manual mode of right from your program and you can make sure that you're using a nice low ISO, low ISO, excuse me. <laughs> and, uh, and really milking, milking the image quality as much as you can. The other thing that you can do is bracket your shots and that helps tremendously with the noise if you start off with really bright shadows and then add contrast and darken them back down to where you want them a lot of that noise gets darkened down with it and the noise gets way less noticeable and then uh, doing a little bit of noise reduction in your shadows can help a lot really the, the for me like the dynamic range is overcomable but the noise in the shadows was the the hard part um, it's definitely the images after sunset are never going to be good. So it's pretty much a daytime camera for sure. Um, but for me, like just the, I can't get my cell phone 400 feet in the air, you know, yes. and yeah. that's the thing that's so cool. And the cameras are going to continue to get better on these. Uh, there's all already drones out there that can pack your DSLR up into the sky. If, if you're so inclined, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I want to start off with a smaller, more affordable rig. Um, but it, just the the difference in perspective that you can get can really make up for some of the in- image quality downsides. Um, some of the things that you can do to kind of uh, help your image quality is they make little circular polarizers for your lens. So assuming that it's not already dark, getting dark out, circular polarizer will really help like, you know, saturate some of the sky and saturate some of the uh, foreground and stuff. Um, There's all kinds of really cool uh, accessories you can get for them. You can get circular polarizers. You can get ND filters. The reason for an ND filter is to slow down your shutter speed while you're doing video. Otherwise you start getting that really kind of stuttery looking video. Um, Yeah. All kinds of, yeah. Cause if it's, if it's too bright outside, um, and your then your shutter speed on your video is going to get real high. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you have one five hundredth of a second shutter speed because it's bright outside. Well, the the problem is you're missing too much between the frames. You know your camera's your camera's flying, and we get a frame at one five hundredth of a second, and the next frame isn't you know for one tenth of a second. And so there's a space in there, so things feel feel very you know stroby. You know, like where you have a uh, one of those flashing strobes on and somebody's dancing and they just are moving around a little bit. It yeah. kind of feels like that. Sometimes you'll see like an action movie filmed at a really high frame rate. Uh, so it just looks really 
uh, crunchy and odd looking. Anyway, you don't want that when you're looking at a beautiful landscape or something that just doesn't really fit. So that's that's why mm-hmm. you'd want something like Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Another ne- a neat trick to do is to film at a slightly faster frame rate and then slow it back down to 24 frames per second. And the reason for that is it, it slows down the action a little bit, makes it feel a little bit more peaceful and lethargic. So, for example, like let's say you're doing some kind of um, ocean scene where you're flying over the ocean, the waves are rolling in. If you were to film that at even 30 frames per second and then slow it down to 24, the waves are just going to slowly and peacefully crest and it looks very smooth and, and nice and... Uh, uh, stuff like just little things like that can really take the the production value of whatever little vi- video you're doing and really increase it. And yeah, 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 I agree with that. And you know, if you're if you're flying over a mountain and nothing's moving, you might as well just yeah fly slower. Uh, but like with a wave, that's perfect. Just to it just you're mm-hmm. just changing reality. You know, we're flying, we're moving in a couple different directions and reality is moving slower. It just makes for a really interesting thing. One thing that I found as I was um as I was doing video with with the with the drones is you really want to have your movement happening on two axes at once. Um and and by doing that it just creates a, a really a unique looking shot mm-hmm. so for example if the drone is physically going up just straight up and you're rotating slightly sideways rotating the camera slightly sideways uh it just creates this really interesting kind of look mm-hmm. um it, it's something that you can really only do on a drone and so it it's uh it's just really captivating uh yeah. to have that kind of shot yeah. Well, we have a lot to talk about um, in in this episode as we get into our drone episode. But we wanted to take a second and talk about Squarespace. Squarespace has been a long time, a long time supporter of improved photography. They've also powered my website, my photography portfolio, um, for a long time before they were a sponsor, as well as Nick's. Um, and today, I want to talk about actually a resource on improvedphotography.com. That will help you to take um, take advantage of your Squarespace website. Um, one of our writers actually wrote an article about how to use Squarespace um, Commerce um, to sell your photography, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought it was just a really, really excellent, excellent article. Squarespace did not pay us to write this article. Um, it was uh, they just happened to be a sponsor um, of, of the podcast, and one of our one of our uh, contributors, one of our articles writers, is has been using it, and so he wanted to kind of write about some of the things he found. So it's a really good tutorial. Uh, I'll make a short link for it. Just go to improvephotography.com slash Squarespace Commerce, and that's going to teach you how to use Squarespace to sell your photos right from your website. Uh, which is a really neat feature that Squarespace has uh, that you can get your, you know, your cart, your everything all set up uh, to sell right there. Uh, Squarespace has a lot of great things. Uh, it's very inexpensive uh, to get started with Squarespace. It's surprising, actually, uh, how little uh, their their basic pass- package costs. And you get a really beautifully designed, uh, beautifully designed website. Uh, has big pictures, uh, templates that make good sense for photographers, um, and that's really the reason that that I've always chosen Squarespace. Easy to update, really beautiful templates. 
Uh, and now you can sell your photos on Squarespace as well. So a lot of great reasons to choose Squarespace. When you get your Squarespace account, you can go to squarespace.com and be sure to enter offer code IMPROVE, and that's going to give you 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, set your website. All right, let us continue our drone-isode uh, with more coverage. Um, let's talk about, about which, which drone to get. There are drones from a lot of different companies, and I'm sure you looked at a lot of different options, Nick. Uh, mm-hmm. DJI is the big one. Uh, there's also 3D Robotics and Unique. Uh, unique is Y-U-N-E-C-E-E-C uh, that are that are giving um, them a run for mo- their money. Plus, the new player uh, coming on the scene is going to be GoPro. GoPro is going to be coming out with their own um, drone uh, shortly. It's supposed to be this year. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to see what they come up with. But, but why'd you stick with DJI? <clears throat> Mostly because... It was popular. <laughs> and uh, the reason I went with it because it was popular is because uh, if, I want to be one of the cool kids. Too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just want to be <laughs> cool, you know, but I knew that if there's that many people out there that own these things, that the customer support is going to be around for a while. It may not be the best customer support, but at least there's other people that will have already had any problems that I might have. Um, I know that the, the app has been around for a while, the app that actually powers like all of the features. And because of that, I know that hopefully by now they've ironed out a lot of the bugs and, and sure enough, I haven't really ran into any kind of bugs, not like you ran into with the first generation. Some of these newer companies, uh, what would scare me a little bit is that they just haven't been around long enough to iron out all of those bugs. And your drone might be the one that they figure out, oh, sometimes it flies away when you do this, that, or the other thing. So I, I just wanted something that was really well established and that had been around long enough to iron out some of the kinks and some of the bugs. Because I don't want to be a statistic or, you know, a... I don't want to be one of the examples. I want to just like, you know, be one of them that flies under the radar literally and doesn't um, have anything bad happen. So I just went with whatever was the most well-established and, and already had been around for a while. Yeah. Very good. I I think you made a good choice. Um, There are are compelling reasons to look at some of the others. Uh, Unique especially has some really cool features uh, on their drone. And I wrote an article uh, it's several months old. There are there's there are inaccurate things now uh, since uh, some of the things have, have changed. Uh, but uh, some of the really cool features of the unique drones. But uh, then looking in the comments of a lot of people that did pick unique drones, uh, there were some real problems uh, with the brand. And so I think you made a good choice going with the DJI uh, because they're so big. Uh, that, you know, when there's a problem with the firmware, it's going to get updated, you know, right, and when exactly. when an accessory is needed to fix a problem, somebody's going to make it, you know, uh, I, I think I think DJI is is a good choice. But but, you know, the other companies are doing good things as well. Mm-hmm. But then the choice is, do you choose the DJI Phantom, uh, which if you're getting one, you might as well get the four. The, the new one is, is a really nice upgrade. Um, or do you really break the bank and go with something like the DJI Inspire 1 version 2. Uh, The benefit of the DJI Inspire series is, one, they have a really nice camera on them. 
um, which is like the reason that we're getting them, right? Uh, well, the good news is they just had a huge price price reduction of over a thousand bucks on the new D, on the new Inspire One version two. Uh, you can get one, two, three, four, five, six batteries, and these are expensive batteries. Wow! And in an Inspire One with two controllers and a, just a flood of accessories for three grand, you can start with and with just the Inspire, you know, with the camera and a battery for eighteen hundred dollars, uh, which is wow. That's that's pretty darn compelling. Uh, because you're getting a very, very capable machine for 1800 bucks uh, because there was just that very recent price reduction. But um, this is a Photokina year. Uh, the whole photography industry changes when it's Photokina year. Photokina is the the trade show in Germany um, in October. Uh, it happens every other year. And in Photokina years, cameras and all this kind of technology, everything kind of centers around Photokina. Uh, there will start to be some announcements before Photokina. So people are talking about the camera uh, at Photokina or that it, the actual people actually get the camera when Photokina it starts, etc. Um, but uh, I wouldn't doubt that this that this price drop is is, is in anticipation of a new Inspire uh, version two. This is the Inspire one version two, but this is the Inspire two, the new one uh, that we are all anticipating in the very near fu- future. Uh, the fact that the price drop is here now makes me think that maybe it's going to be pre-Photokina, uh, but we'll see. So the benefit of the of the Inspire series is they are using a micro four-thirds sensor, uh, mm. which is very capable, very capable sensor. Uh, you know, you the landing gear lifts up uh, once the once the camera is once you're off the ground. Uh, so the landing gear is out of the way, and you can rotate the camera around 360 degrees. Um, they can lift a heavier camera, fly faster, etc. There, there are a lot of really nice features, but the real reason is the camera. Mm-hmm. So, so w- what are your thoughts on this, the Phantom versus Inspire series? <clears throat> well, I, it depends on a couple things. First of all, uh, what are you willing to lose? <laughs> because if you don't, if you don't insure these, if they crash, you're just out that money. So, insurance is pretty pretty important. So, if you're insured. Eh, maybe I would take a risk on one of those more expensive drones. Um, but if this is your first drone, I would start off with something more affordable because you're taking a risk every single time you fly it into the air and it, it could just, you know, go up in a, in a puff of parts at some point if you, if you make bad decisions with it. So for me, I wanted to get some flight time under my belt before I got anything more expensive than this. 1600 is what I ended up spending for all the extra batteries and stuff on mine. And that's about as much as I'm willing to risk at this point, just because, you know, I get sweaty palms every time I fly the thing because <laughs> that's a lot of money just to be flying around. Um, so for me, like, I think that camera, that drone series is a good second drone, you know, like third, third. like once you are, you're a confident drone flyer that maybe that's what you go with. Or if you have expendable income and quality is what you're interested in, I would start looking at that, but I'm just not there yet. Like I know that, you know, until I get. I'm able to start selling my drone footage and my drone uh, images. Uh, it's pointless to have that better image quality anyways. If I can't if I can't recoup some of those costs because I don't I'm not 
licensed as a commercial drone photographer, then uh, I feel like that is out of reach for me. I can't justify it. But once I get certified, then it opens up the door of, well, maybe it can start paying for itself. And at that point, I'll start looking at the more expensive drone. I, I couldn't agree with you more uh, because I have a DJI Phantom in my garage that I have crashed <laughs> six times. Oh, man. Six times I have crashed this thing. Um, Is and it still alive? It's alive. It does work. Uh, it's they're they're pretty rugged, um, but but you know I've had to replace propellers and stuff that I've that I've smashed up. But but it's it's still ticking, um, and you know there are really two two drone photographers, the one who's just got it and the one who's crashed it, and you <laughs> will become the second one very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you're gonna crash it because you feel so secure. They fly so solid and stable with the GPS. That, and they have the return to home feature that like yes. if it gets too far away and you can't tell which way it's facing and you can't you just press come home little one <laughs> and it just flies home and lands itself. It's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you get feeling really confident or I get feeling f- really confident and then kaboom, you hit a tree. Yeah. Uh, so and and that's the thing is the footage that looks cool. Is when you're flying over really something close. close. To something. Yep. Yep. That's the uh, good when stuff. When I was when I was in Hawaii and there were big old huge tube waves, it's like, oh man, how cool would it be to fly <laughs> through the tube of the wave? <laughs> and so what did I do? I flew through the tube of the wave. <laughs> and it's just it's too tempting when you have that happening. When you have cool oh, stuff man. that you can fly through the branches of a tree and stuff. Because when you're just 200 feet over the air looking down, it just looks like Google satellite view. It's just, eh, it's just not a great picture. It's neat to see it, but you can just open up Google satellite on the on the maps and you, you got the same image. So flying 400 feet above the, the ground, it's just not a very good photo. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Look at that speck in the sky. I can control it, but it's just not a good picture. Uh, I rarely find a picture that's cool that's more than 100 feet off the ground. Uh, usually you don't want to be real high because you want to have something in the foreground. Um, usually it's more the motion that's interesting to me. Yep. Yeah, the best uh, so, the best footage is yeah. always the low flying or yep. flying through a narrow little like gap in the trees mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You're always taking a risk. Um, they do have obstacle avoidance on the DJI 4. Which is awesome. Yeah, and it's great. Uh, Sometimes it's annoying, though, because it sees stuff that is, like, way further away. You're like, yeah, I know it's there, but I still want you to fly through that. And it'll stop, and it it gets a little bit annoying. So then you start turning it off when you get confident, and then you start running into stuff (laughs) because you're overconfident. It's tricky. Uh, So It would be nice to have a kind of a sensitivity to that. Exactly, yeah, like a a minimum distance or something. So. Uh, maybe we can go over a couple of useful um, accessories for these. I've already mentioned cool. circular polarizers and neutral density filters, which are cute little guys. They're like this big. They're really cute little ND filters. <laughs> it's like a thumbnail. Exactly. Uh, but other useful accessories that you can get. You can get guards for the props, which are basically just these little bumpers that go around the outside of the props. That way, if you do bump it into a wall, it's not going to crash and have a fiery death. It's just going to bounce off. uh, Plus the safety of that. 
yeah yeah so you're not like chopping off eyelids and stuff like yeah i i read a blog of a guy who who broke his arm when the propeller hit his arm yeah man uh, these are basically little flying blenders yes <laughs> you know with exposed <laughs> blades like those things are humming and if you were to just like stick your finger in i have no doubt that it would almost chop your finger off like yeah they are really moving and even though they're plastic like it's gonna hurt it's gonna do some mm-hmm. damage so props are if if you are doing some kind of illegal video project where you're flying close to people or something man get those props for sure um, yeah so it's just a plastic guard that goes yeah. under the propeller and sticks out like a big semicircle outside the the phantom it doesn't look very cool no. uh, but it it just makes it so that if you were to hit something the guard hits before your exactly. your uh, prop would. Yeah, so a great little thing, especially for flying close to anything. Uh, another thing you can get are pel- parabolic antenna range boosters, and basically it's just like this little tin foil, gold foil thing that you put around the antennas on your controller. And by doing that, you're going to increase your distance by like a third. So you're going to get a way more range and the likelihood of you flying it out of range goes down because you've just increased your range. Those are a good thing. You can get them for like 20 bucks. Really cheap little thing. It also increases the UFO factor for sure. <laughs> yes. Like- <laughs> exactly (laughs) like the the drone itself already looks like a ufo and now you're putting these like gold foil and stuff over (laughs) over your remote control and so yeah if you aren't already getting weird looks this pretty much guarantees it. yeah exactly and the, the last thing it's probably the most expensive of these but it's probably the best investment i made while buying my drone i got the pelican case for it and the Pelican case is a thing of beauty. The case that comes with the drones, are, it's just kind of like this cheap styrofoam case thing. It's Granted, it's light, it's free, but the Pelican case is watertight. It's molded perfectly to fit like four batteries and a tablet and all your extra props and your remote and everything fits in a really nice, really well made. Um, it's like 200 bucks or something, but... It was pretty much worth it. It's it's so perfectly made. Like I, I've never really been a Pelican case kind of guy because I always thought, man, those are so overpriced. So I got this, and then I realized, oh, this is why they're overpriced. They are nice. This is yeah. it's really really nice. So I love and the you, Pelican case. You can't have a drone of any brand without a case. You yeah. have to have it because it's a weird shape. The landing gear is there permanently. It's st- the propeller stick way out. Mm-hmm. You can't just stick this in your car. It's going to get smashed and, and banged up. You have to have right. a case. You should have told me you were buying a case, though, because I have a DJI Phantom backpack hard shell case. Ooh. It's just sitting here and I don't use my Phantom. Well, we, can, uh, anyway. we can still talk because I don't have a I don't have a backpack of any kind. So. I wouldn't really want to take off walking through the woods with my Pelican case because it's heavy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we, we can still make okay. a deal. Oh, I got one for you. <laughs> okay. Sweet. All right. Deal is I ship it to you. All right. Um. So, uh, okay. So, we talked about that. We talked about um, getting the cool footage is, the, uh, is when you have a foreground, but sometimes you don't. So there are two things that I look for when I'm when I'm shooting with the drone to try to get a good still photo. You know, with video, it's just kind of cool because you're flying through the air, right? <laughs> and so it's easier to make it look cool. 
But with a still photo, you don't have the motion. And so you don't have that crutch to stand on. It Mm -hmm. needs to just look cool itself. So one is when you're down on the ground, flying close to the ground, uh, and that makes it easy. The next is when you can put a foreground in the air. Uh, Like I was trying to think about what things you can do with this. Like I was thinking, you know, you know, on a farm where they have those, those, uh, you know, those like windmills, those Mm -hmm. like miniature little windmill things that are up on a farm. Like if you had that up in the foreground, you were up flying next to that and you could see the barn in the background on the ground. Um, I don't know if a, if you could get geese to fly directly under you, but that would be killer if you had, you know, flying on top of some Canada geese and then over, and then a river under you and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just, uh, or a, a building, you know, if you have a building, you know, you can fly up above the building. You just need something in the foreground to make it t- to make it look cool. If you don't have that, really the only leg to stand on is an interesting pattern on yes. the ground that you won't notice when you're there. Um, for example, uh, crop circles when the UFOs do actually come. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we or, can finally yeah. do uh, get our crop circle <laughs> photography. That's a genre all of itself. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, an interesting uh, interesting collection of bends in, the, yeah. in a river or something like that. You're just looking for patterns on the ground uh, that, that could make a, a drone shot right. look cool. And another, another really cool shot that I've seen, I haven't done it yet, but when you have a really thick stand of trees to go up above the trees and shoot straight mm. down, they look like fractals. They're they really, cool. really cool. Um, it, just taking advantage of the different perspective that it offers. There's so much that we don't see at eye level that you do see from above focusing in on what is different from that perspective kind of helps. So when you see like perfect symmetry on buildings, like I have a local courthouse here that, um, when you go up above it, the sidewalks, the building itself is all a hundred percent perfectly symmetrical. And that's just interesting. You'd never know it looking at from the ground. Just, so just finding, uh, things that really highlight how different that perspective is, is like putting something, the tip of a tree in your foreground while you have this ranch scene or, or chasing, <laughs> chasing birds and getting those really scared bird shots, you know, <laughs> with, with some flying feathers in the foreground. Cause you accidentally clipped it. Um, maybe yeah, not that if you shot. get a little bit too close <laughs> yes. turkey dinner man that's so, awesome i did try to chase a, a hawk with it and it's really hard like those hawks are very athletic flyers and you realize how not good you are at a drone when you try to chase a bird so i will say that <laughs> awesome uh, yeah so well drones are pretty exciting uh there are just a lot happening right now in the industry and i think a lot of photographers that have held off that you know aren't the type to like jump on every new thing you know they want to buy a new camera first and stuff uh, over the next year or two are going to start to really be looking um at them because of uh just how unique it is if it if you've kind of fallen out of love with photography for a little bit you kind of just don't really feel like you have anything new coming down awesome way to get inspired again uh, and try something new. I am. I feel like improved photography is too much of a target uh, because so many people see the things that we do uh, that I can't just do this under the radar. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I am. I'm waiting until the fall, until the new legisl- legislation comes up, and for the Inspire Two. Uh, but but I feel like I'm I'm definitely going to be jumping on this. Uh, that the time will finally have come. Until then. 
I fly my Phantom mostly with the kids and stuff and just just as a drone, not really mm-hmm. as a photography tool. Uh, but I've made enough mistakes that hopefully I won't kill $3,000. And uh, <laughs> and with the laws changing, I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to see what we can yeah. do with it. So yeah. a very exciting area of photography, and we want to share a little bit about it with you today. I want to uh, announce a project that I have been talking with a lot of you guys about uh, who have, have met with us in person at some of our travel group trips. Um, for years, uh, we've been talking about making an app, a phone app uh, of photo locations. Uh, when Nick and I travel to different places, I, I don't know about you, Nick, it, it takes me like two full working days mm-hmm. to scout out a location. Yeah, uh, it, it takes a lot of time. And like it just happened to me this week. I saw a photo on Instagram of Jasper National Park in Canada. that was like mind blowing, incredible location. And I said, where was that? I was in Jasper National Park last year. And, and turns out there were a lot of people that have photographed this location. And I just missed it in my trip, in my trip planning. I just didn't see this location and I totally missed out on, on like a, not even a five star. This is like a 10 star location. Um, and I drove right past it. You know, I went all the way to Canada and I drove right past the location. Uh, plus all the times that, you know, like I, I have a long layover, uh, somewhere and it's like, dang, I, I could, I could go out and, and shoot and, you know, I don't know where, or I'm driving to fi- visit family in Utah and there's an awesome sunset and it's like, you know, I just don't know this area very well. I'm sure I'm driving past a cool sunset location right now and I just have no idea where to go. Uh, so we have been talking a lot behind the scenes about how to do do it right. There have been dozens, maybe even a hundred different apps that have tried to do this um, and nobody's quite nailed it right. Um, they tend to have two problems. One is... Uh, there's just it's not uh, curated well enough that it's mm-hmm. just vomiting like 200 locations and you still have to search through a ton of stuff to do your trip planning uh, or two uh, they, they just don't have enough community behind it to really have it blow up um, and get all the best locations in the world um, and part of the reason people don't want to share the locations is they want their photo to be unique and so that's another problem we've got to overcome yep. uh, so we've been talking a lot about it and I've, I have some mock-ups made in Photoshop of what it's going to look like. We're going to come up with just the web version first on the website so people can submit stuff. And then once we hit, you know, maybe 6,000 locations worldwide, uh, I'm going to fork out the money for you guys. It's expensive to build an app, uh, but I'm going to fork out the money uh, and, and build an, an app probably first on the iPhone and then to Android. Um, with the photo locations. Uh, what I want is so that it notifies me. So like as I'm driving through Utah, it says, hey, sunset is in 30 minutes and you're close to a five-star location. Like that would be so cool. Um, and so uh, I'm looking forward to do that. It's a huge, huge undertaking. And I really need you guys help uh, to make this work. There's no way one single person uh, or even small group of people could pull this off. So I want you to go check out improvephotography.com slash photolocations. I have a description of what the app's going to look like and some mock-ups of what it's going to look like, the web version. And I really would love your feedback on two things. One, any obvious problems 
uh, things you just don't like on the app. It just doesn't look cool uh, or a functionality you'd like it to have. And the other thing is I need help finding a name for this sucker. Uh, there have been so many other similar apps that a lot of the obvious names are taken. So we're going to need to do something creative. So anyway, if you'd go to that article on approved photography and just give me your comments, I'd love to hear what 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 you all think about it. I I really want this to be successful. Um, convincing my family to go on uh, on a tour uh, next summer for a month in our travel trailer and just go all over the United States, um, just finding locations and documenting things. Um, and uh, next and year, that, next I, year, Jim's family is going. They're going to be nomads next year. We, yeah, <laughs> nomadic the nomadic harmers. We are, we're, I'm trying to talk them into it. Wearing down the wife. Uh, just kidding. Um, anyway, I'm excited about some things there. So, but I really need your help, but it's the whole world. I just can't cover the whole world by myself. So I need your local knowledge. One cool thing that it is going to have is when you submit a location, you can put on like basically a little ad for you on there just for your website. So people can see your photos. Or if you offer day trips or would consider offering day trips in your local area, you know, if somebody's going to visit the loose it's like duh you need to be shooting with nick page mm-hmm. and so if nick submits the location with his photo there then he can have a thing that says hey you know go hire nick page for just a one day thing for 295 dollars and and then you can get paid for your your local knowledge of an area by submitting locations and sharing with the community uh so i i'm excited by the potential uh, and some of the things we can we can do but we need the whole community's help uh you know we're spread out we have listeners in every country of the whole world i found a listener in iran uh is listening to the <laughs> to the podcast uh like we have people everywhere um and we're gonna have to come together to uh, document the world and help photographers out uh so check it out improvephotography.com slash photo photo locations really love your feedback thanks everybody for joining us on this combined episode of tripod and improved photography oh i forget we have to talk about your workshop as well nick i mentioned the palouse um nick has just announced his 2017 uh palouse tour uh and it's definitely worth checking out Uh, tell us a little bit about it yeah so we're gonna we have two tour dates they're gonna be at the end of may in 2017 and i'm going to be showing you guys the palouse uh filled with iconic barns rolling hills um in may everything here is green all of the wheat fields and crops are just like this really lush lime and and forest green really beautiful and we have places like uh palouse falls which is this huge iconic waterfall just kind of in the middle of nowhere and it is just huge and impressive and then we have other places like steptoe butte where you go up way up above the rolling hills of the palouse and you get all of those shots where you see the the light casting shadows over the rolling hills and so yeah this is like my backyard so i know everywhere i know all the property owners um it's it's fun to show my home area off to people so we're going to be doing that at the end of may and we're reducing the size of the group this year so it's going to be a little bit more one-on-one with me and yeah so if you're interested go over to nickpagephotography.com there'll be a link right on the landing page so yeah i promise you this group this tour is gonna fill up so don't wait too long yeah. to do this you know go check it out i don't think you're like under the gun to sign up today but soon uh nick is an awesome instructor 
And this is the best place in the world you could be shooting with him because he knows it so well. Uh, So be sure to check that out. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this episode of Improved Photography and Tripod. Be sure to listen to uh, both shows if you're interested in landscape and nature photography. We'll see you in another seven days. Thank you.